and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on the Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3. On the FM dial, we welcome you as we get back here to local programming for the next couple of hours. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we're appreciative for some of the time you're spending with us here uh, in the next couple of hours. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, we'll speak with our friend Rob Doster from the field of 68. Uh, covers college basketball, does a terrific job. He's got a really good endeavor, I think, uh, that's uh, unfolding over there during the season. The field of 68, along with Jeff Goodman. Numerous podcasts, numerous predictions each and every day. Uh, Rob Doster. Good college basketball mind will join us at 10.30. At 11.05, we're going to go to Vegas uh, to speak with a guy by the name of Steve Cofield, who covers UNLV, who does afternoon drive, and has for about 15 years uh, at the ESPN affiliate out there. Want to get his perspective on TJ Otzelberger, kind of get the pulse of the fan base, the calls that he takes during his four hour times, four hour strength time mm-hmm. slot, uh, two to six afternoons on the, uh, the biggest sports station in Las Vegas. Steve Cofield will join us, by the way, uh, a name that uh, you've heard on our show the last, I don't know, 10 days or so, Matt Humans. Um, he spoke with, I, I didn't know he was going to have him on. We lined this up uh, before Cofield's show yesterday, but Matt Humans, who is a was critical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he was on the UNLV beat for, for 10 years, uh, covered the program very closely. He's now with Vissen. We've actually got a couple of his quotes cut up. We'll let you hear their perspective or Matt's perspective. But Steve Cofield will join us at 11.05. I think the consensus, and I believe Steve will back us up, uh, is that the uh, the Run and Rebs fan base really feels that they caught a break here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a significant break by uh, not having to pay a buyout to get rid of TJ Otzelberger because the clock was clearly ticking on his tenure at UNLV, and uh, it worked out well for them. So we'll speak with Steve Cofield. Then we're going to do some NFL. Uh, it is a crazy, crazy fun week if you're an NFL football fan, and I believe most of you are following it, at least maybe not closely, uh, not refreshing your Twitter account every you know, few minutes, uh, but the NFL is a it's king football after all, and it is a 52 52- Twelve months a year, we we can talk NFL and and get away with it. Well, the good news is, for the first time in, I think, 101 weeks, we're going to have NCAA tournament basketball here tonight, if my Canadian math (laughs) uh, serves me well, as we will get underway. Let's start with the Darren DeVries, the extension. Mm -hmm. Brian Harden, Trent, he's done a phenomenal job. Um, I, I can't poke holes in anything he's done over there not that i'm looking to do so but boy he seems to make one right move after another and to extend darren devries not that that means he's going to stay for eight years but it's certainly a positive and look ben jacobson he found his spot in the valley and he's been perfectly content to turn down jobs when they've uh, appeared in front of him darren devries has been phenomenal winning the uh coach of the year in the valley back-to-back years Two out of three, whatever yeah, it's yeah, been. Yeah, two out of three. Uh, a good, uh, just a remarkable, remarkable beginning to his Drake tenure, and maybe there are some roots going to be planted. We know his son, after all, is going to play for him. So 
Hats off to Drake as they get underway tonight, and we'll do so knowing the fact that their coach, you can take him off of the rumor mill. He's going nowhere. And that's, I think, the biggest deal, his son coming in, because those roots, pretty easy to uproot them, as we've seen many times. And any quote that I've seen attributed over the last decade to a coach, this is my home, I don't believe it. Right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. We've seen too many times where a contract extension in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean anything. But for this one, because his son is coming, this does mean something. Mm -hmm. It is going to be so much more difficult over the next four years for Darren to leave. And because of that, this, for the most part, contract extensions to me are roll the eyes. This one is very important. And it's just because of that piece of it. And Tucker, if you have not seen him, he is a six foot seven point guard, can shoot Mm -hmm. incredibly well, can run an offense. Just imagining next season. Roman Penn decides to come back. I'm guessing the learning curve won't be real steep because the guy at the kitchen table with him is his yeah. coach. It has been his, you know. Yesifu, that's uh-huh. pretty good building blocks. Got something there. In the backcourt already. Mm-hmm. And along they're with all what coming they back, yeah. apparently. That's the word. They're all coming back to take advantage of that free year. So good for them and good for Drake. And we'll see them today. And I know you like them to beat Wichita State. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a, a pretty popular pick out there. Now, you came across something um, from DraftKings. Yes. Uh, pursuant to how the wagering is going in our wonderful state of Iowa. How'd you find it? Were you, were you, was it a funnel to you? I reached out to Travis Dvorak. Good for you. He's such Wild a good Rose. guy. Yes. Yeah. And Wild Rose Jefferson. So he threw out some uh, different numbers. The Iowa-specific ones are just... More intriguing, maybe. You can find a lot of national numbers, and he did send me the national numbers for the Drake-Wichita game tonight. This did surprise me. This is, again, national, all DraftKings. 68% of the handle is on the Bulldogs. Mm. That surprised me. Mm -hmm. 58% of the bets. So a little bit bigger bets coming in on Drake is uh, what you can ascertain out of that. Found that interesting, so along with the public, and maybe not as in love with it with that. Also, the Iowa Grand Canyon game, he also sent me uh, the national numbers for that Saturday. It's basically a 50-50 split right now in terms of the handle, though a higher percentage of the bets coming in on the Hawkeyes in that one. But in terms of money, that would tell you the big money bets are coming in on Grand mm. Canyon. What uh, Does it say anything about Michigan State, UCLA tonight? Just nope, I just asked in? him for the gotcha. two locals. Okay. Yep, is the two locals that I asked. But then we get into these Iowa-specific numbers, and these are two futures that he sent along. All right. First of all, to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. And Iowa is what nationally right now? 18 to 1? 17 to 17 1. At DraftKings. Yep. Okay. That's what they have them at. Illinois has received the highest percentage of handle in our state. They're the hot team, Trent. They're what? the buzz team. People in the Quad Cities bouncing over, I some Illini fans over there yeah. making their way over. Because you can't bet Illinois in Illinois. Right, and exactly. Uh-huh. You, you cannot go... bet in-state college teams mm-hmm. in the state of Illinois. So you have to go to Indiana mm-hmm. or you have to go to Iowa. Right. And I know people over there, well, they live in Chicago and they go to Indiana sure. to make those kind of bets. Iowa is the second choice here in the state, 24% of the handle on the Hawkeyes. Gonzaga at plus 205 they are third at eighteen percent. Then Baylor and Michigan rounded out. I think it's out. a waste of money. I, li- I don't like. Do you like either of those two schools? I like Michigan at eight to one mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. and the only reason is we haven't officially heard Isaiah Livers is out I for the whole tournament. No, I thought he was. D- did you see that? Okay. See, I didn't see anything for the whole well, now tournament. Now I have to go back. And check. Right. I thought he was done. 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 Okay. So that would change it, but that would be the only reason. 
for me that mm-hmm. if Livers can come back in the Sweet 16, something like that, that changes. We know how good he is mm-hmm. and how important he is for that. But yeah, without Livers, that's a no bet. Absolutely. The uh, second part of it is just to make the Final Four. Now, this is where Hawkeye fans got hot and heavy. 31% of the handle is on the Hawkeyes <laughs> to make the Final Four. You get them at 4-1 to one to make that run. Illinois, the second choice. But then three, I thought, odd teams. And maybe it's more price than anything. First, the third choice is Alabama at 4-1. to one. There's a team that you haven't said yet to make the final. Keep going. Arkansas, 8-1. to one. Like the you price. still haven't said them. And then Texas at 7-1. to one. What's to, Gonzaga? Well, they're minus 200. And I think that's why people don't want to bet it. Because you're laying minus 200 just for a team to get to the Final Four. Gotcha. I think more than anything, that's what it is. It's more of a price thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would make sense. Yep. Jeez. Because, yeah, it's the best bet, mm-hmm. but you're laying 200. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. I get it. And I, I understand why it's like that. Um, well, interesting. I'm glad that uh, Travis is sending that stuff. And one final thing. He also, uh, they have a free-to-play bracket at DraftKings where there's $50,000 in prizes up on that one. And for Iowa to win in the first round, 98.5% of the people have done that. <laughs> uh, going a little deeper, though. To get to the Sweet 16, over half the people, this is a national contest, over half the people have picked Iowa to get to the Sweet 16, 5.3% to the Final Four, and 2.2% of the total DraftKings population has picked Iowa to win the national championship. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Thanks again to Travis. I love those numbers. You love those I, I numbers. I do, too. I'm glad that he's putting them out there. He should. And be ready for football season because uh, I'm going to be asking for those Iowa and Iowa State numbers seemingly every week in the fall. Good. Good stuff. And somebody needs to put the Cyhawk game up ASAP. Get it up. I, I can't believe it. It's, it's It hasn't been done yet. I really and truly can't. Ken Miller. You're my bookmaker at the Connick Casino. You almost got fired after your, uh, what was that one and a half <laughs> that you put? Uh, oh, the rest of the Iowa State wins the rest of the season. You yeah, put, but you, you, know, yeah. you ripped up your ticket, so yeah, I'm not even going to try it. We, we took 98% of the money at the Connick Casino on the under, too, yeah. so you were in trouble. I know, but I know. I need a line for Iowa, Iowa State. We're going to lay it this afternoon at the Connick Casino. Mr. Bookmaker Ken Miller, you have it in Ames. Yep. As uh, Iowa State six, six. I was thinking four and a half. No, I'm going six. Um, home field advantage. Uh-huh. I think on a neutral field, Iowa State would be. Look, they're getting. They got everybody back. Everybody back. Big edge at quarterback. Big edge at quarterback. Big edge at running back. Defensive line questions for and Iowa. I like Goodson. Yes, but I love Hall. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Teesh. That'd be the biggest Iowa State's been favored. Ever, I believe, yeah. in this game. Look, I was replacing a bunch of linebackers. Yeah. Iowa State's are all back. The linebackers, I was good. They got Campbell back. They got yeah, Benson no, back. No, I'm with you. So but is, the defensive so line is Mike is Rose. <laughs> Mike Rose is really good. <laughs> right. It's that defensive line that concerns me with Iowa. But we got it plenty should. of time for that. Indeed we will. Uh, by the way, if you haven't heard, uh, at least for a couple of weeks, and this is only for a couple of weeks, uh, KXNO is going to help somebody with that. Um, well, you know, we always did the thousand dollar slam dunk for slam a while slam dunk for a while whatever it's been uh, what's been uh, tailored to it or tagged to it um it's only four times a day on KXNO in the six o'clock hour of course the morning rush in our 11 o'clock hour Murph and Andy sometime in the two o'clock hour and then the fanatics in the four o'clock hour it's not like this is every hour event but it's fourteen hundred dollars that we're going to give away so be listening for the keyword the keywords are back they won't be here long I believe it goes two weeks. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I could be mistaken. I believe it's too Sounds late. right, yeah. I think it is. But I know it's on today, and in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to give you that. All right, so let's do this, Trent. T.J. Otzelberger has yet to be announced at, at, um, at Iowa State, and a lot of folks trying to wonder why. I know that there's a percentage of the fan base hoping against hope that – um, that they're having second thoughts about this because it, it's a divided fan base, mm-hmm. not a divided media. Um, but the fan base is, is divided as to T.J. Otzelberger, whose stock was way higher when he left here the first time. The last two times he's, well, left Iowa State and then left South Dakota State. His stock was a lot higher. Absolutely. The two years in Vegas have not been kind no, Trent, to T.J. They, they've been very disappointed. There's no way of getting around it. Look, when Steve Prome came here, Steve Prome had a record. His last two years, we'll use his last two years and T.J.'s two years at uh, at UNLV. So so Steve Prome comes here, and he wasn't a sexy hire by any means, but he walked in the door in his last two years at Murray State uh, at 52 and 17, 29 and 3 in conference play. 29 3 conference play, 52 and 17 overall. Meanwhile, TJ Otzelberger, his last couple of years, Trent at UNLV, he's 29 and 30 overall and 20 and 16 in conference play. If he wasn't teach, if it's John Doe, mm-hmm. if Jamie Pollard walks to the podium and after an exhaustive search, with many candidates and many interviews, we've hired John Doe, who last year in the very difficult Mountain West was 29 and 30 and 20 and 16. Your new head coach, John Doe. It's a collective. Are you kidding me? Right. But he's a lot of people's friends and the athletic department, uh, the athletic director's friend. I don't think you can put it any other way that if this was just a guy. He wouldn't be coming to Iowa State. This record would not get anybody excited. No one excited that he's going to be the guy. Um, so anyways. We're going to get to these clips a little bit later on. Our friend Rob Doster uh, just got called into a meeting when he was scheduled okay. to join us. So we, should we take our break? Well, let's. I'll just grab him right now. and We'll get it and we'll, we'll get everything in. Don't worry. Okay. We always do, right? No, we I, always no, find fine. Oh, that's fine. We'll uh, get we'll, Doster we'll, in here right now. We will uh, get back to, because I want to talk to Doster. Um, and get his perspective on Otzelberger, too. Sure, absolutely. So we'll get Rob Doster from Field of 68, then we'll go back to kind of a head-scratching hire. I don't think you can look at it any other way. I don't. He's, a, he's, very, he's got a lot of friends here, a lot of friends, a lot of booster friends, a lot of media friends, but the fan base is divided, and I, and I, and I understand why. 29-30 and 30 in his last two years. If you take his name up, and here's one thing. Let me, to, to be fair, he can recruit. He can recruit, but he's going to have to recruit. But he can recruit at UNLV, too, when he was 29 and 30 at UNLV in his last two years. 20 and 16 in conference play. Steve Prohm had a way better record. Let's get Rob Doster in here. Uh, A little earlier than anticipated, but grateful that we're getting you. Rob, how are you? I'm good. What's going on, guys? Well, uh, let's before we get into the bracket, just your take on T.J. Otzelberger, who is... Um, going to be named the uh, head coach at uh, Iowa State. I think everybody feels that way. Uh, Matt Norlander put out uh, what he believes is his reasoning. There's a tax situation that Iowa State's trying to get the buyout. Uh, when it has to do with paying income tax, and it's as much as a million dollars. But that aside, just your take on T.J. Otzelberger, who in the Mountain West in his two years there was 29-30 and 30 overall and 20-16 and 16 in conference. Uh, your takes on T.J. Otzelberger and, and the fitted Iowa State? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's really good. Uh, obviously, he was already at the program. He spent time as an assistant on that staff. Um, I, know, I believe both McDermott and uh, correct, Holmer, yep. point. correct, and uh, uh, Hoiberg. Awesome, yeah, yeah, he, he uh, yeah, so, um, not McDermott, Hoiberg. McDermott was too long ago. I'm, I'm losing my mind, man. I'm <laughs> losing my mind. That's when you know we're deep into the uh, the March Madness at this point. Um, but yeah, I think he's really good. Do you? Uh, I'm I, surprised by that. Yeah, look, look. So the UNLV job was always going to be a weird fit for him, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that thing was going to take longer to build than maybe uh, people realized. Uh, but he was awesome at South Dakota State. You know, he, he won two conference titles mm-hmm. at South Dakota State. Before but he had the UNLV. best player in conference history. Yep, they did. Yeah, um, and that certainly helped. But uh, I, I do think that um, yeah, I think he's going to be good. And the big thing is going to just kind of be like, how, are they going to be able to get some of the guys to hang around and stay um, more than you know one or two years? I think what really did Prome in was the season where he actually had yeah, I agree. all of the talent yep. and, and all of the pieces that he needed to be able to make a real run. Uh, one, they went nine and nine in league play, uh, got bounced out of the first round of the tournament, and two. You know, Tyrese Halliburton was gone after two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talon Tucker was was gone after one year. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up having to get rid of the. I'm blanking on the name of the big guy. Um, Cameron Lard. Lindell Wiginton. Yeah, Cam Lard. Yeah. Uh, Wiginton, Wiginton, another good name. Yeah. I agree. Yep. So I mean, that's uh, that's the biggest issue that that they're kind of that that he was dealing with. You know, when you lose all of the talent that you have, when, mm-hmm. when you can't win, when you have the when you have the talent and then you lose that, that talent earlier than you expect, it's just a really, really bad combination. You put it all together with, in the season where um, you're, you're dealing with a whole bunch of COVID issues. It's just it's not it's not easy to do. So I do uh, I feel for him, but you know at the end of the day, when you go winless in your conference, yeah. you're probably going to end up losing your job. I agree. Let's uh, stay on the coaches' front and Indiana and Minnesota in the Big Ten. Thoughts on those two jobs? Indiana still considered a blue blood. Minnesota always considered a sleeping giant, but well, we've seen the last four decades you can't win there unless you cheat like Clem Haskins. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you did. You said it. You said it. Um, so I think the Minnesota one's really interesting to me uh, because there's, I mean, there's so much talent in in Minneapolis, and there's so much talent in that region that you would expect uh, someone that can keep some of that talent at home would be able to win big. Um, we haven't really seen it, you know. Like, and, and I'm not just talking about making sure that you keep Tyus Jones and Trey Jones and Matthew Hurd or Sean and yeah, like players of that. Well, like you're not going to be like Chet Holmgren's not going to Minnesota, right? It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs is not going to Minnesota. That's probably not going to happen. Right. But there's enough of that second level talent that if you can kind of keep it in state, then that's how you build a team that's going to end up being really good. Like, imagine if you could have. Daniel Oturo and McKinley Wright, the kid at Colorado, yeah. and have that be kind of the core of the team that you're building. And I think that's what you need to do. So they need to find someone that can find a way to do that. Now, there are a lot of really good options, I think, for people that they could hire, whether it's Brian Dutcher, who was, uh, I believe, his father coached at at, uh, at Minnesota, or um, Nico Medved, who's from Minnesota mm-hmm. and is now at Colorado State, or mm-hmm. someone like a Craig Smith, who's from the upper Midwest, who, uh, is now at Utah State. Like there's, there's a lot of really good options to go for. Um, but the key, like I said, is going to be finding someone that can can keep some of that second tier talent. And and you know, every once in a while, like get one of the one and done. You know, yep. every every time, every ten years, there's going to be like three or four Chet Holmgrens that come out of that area. Get one of them, and then put that together with a bunch of like upperclassmen 
local kids, uh, talent, veterans, and all of a sudden you have a chance to to go out and do something special. So, um, yeah, I, I think Minnesota's a better job than people realize. But you got you got to find the right fit. You got to find the right coach. As far as Indiana is concerned, I don't know. Man. <laughs> um, I hope I hope they get someone that they can really like buy into and give a chance to kind of build something. I, I don't think Archie ever really got um, a fair shake at it, but at the same time, uh, it was also a situation where, um, they, I mean, when you're not winning, you're, you're not going to get much credit at a place like Indiana where, uh, I, I mean, they, they expect a certain level of success. And, you know, when you're in year four and you still haven't been to an NCAA tournament, like that's, that's just not going to get it done there. Um, so what I think they probably should do or at least what I would do is find a way to either get a guy that has a ton of pedigree, like a John Beeline, or go out and get someone that has uh, pretty extensive ties to the program itself, like an Indiana guy, maybe like a Dane Five or a Calvertini or someone kind of at that level where Indiana fans are going to have um, going to be able to tolerate them for a little bit longer than uh, than maybe someone that's an outsider. Can I just go back to Minnesota? Let me throw one name out to you. And I almost got suspended for it. I was, I was told it was the most <laughs> foolish thing that's ever been uttered on these airwaves. Um, because I, it's my contention that 17- and 18-year-old kids that have NBA dreams would certainly listen to a guy who was coached in the NBA as recently as seven weeks ago. And he's a young guy. Um, but I get it. His last name is Saunders, and we all know who his dad was. But a guy like Orion Saunders, who's 35 years old, that makes sense to me. And it only made sense to me, apparently, because there was talk of being suspended. Uh, what, what about that? Well, why not Ryan Saunders, Rob Doster? Uh, I mean, the the big thing is the, the the difference in going from college to the NBA. It's just it's massive in terms of like the difference of what you have to do for a job in the NBA. Everything is basketball. That's literally all you have to do is you have to go out and, and coach basketball um, in the NBA or in, in college. You have to deal with boosters. You have to mm-hmm. deal with parents. You have to deal with recruiting. You have to deal with uh, handlers. You have to deal with AAU coaches. You have to deal with administrators. You have to make sure that your students are going to class. Uh, if any, if anybody on your roster mis- misbehaves or gets in trouble, it's on you as the right. coach for bringing that person into your program. If anyone uh, gets arrested in the NBA, it's on them for doing something dumb because they're adults. Uh, it's, it's just it's an entirely different level of thing, and uh, I, I just. There's a reason why when guys get to the NBA, you don't often see them come back to college unless they don't have another option. So uh, I, I get what you're saying, but like if I'm if I'm Ryan Saunders, like I, I think long and hard about what the lifestyle is at the college level. Like, do you really want to sit there and having to to make the next uh, five or six years of your life? be nothing but texting 17 and 18 year old recruits well it's his alma mater and he did walk on and play there and that's i mean just the tie but anyways you're not on board either so i'm going to move on i'm going to drop it no, I'll never say... i'm not saying i'm not on board like i, I no don't get on board rob don't get on board it was a I, ridiculous I think, one <laughs> i don't think that it would be a bad hire thank you I think that if you can go out and you can get a craig smith or you can get a yeah. nico medved or you can get a brian dutch or someone that's proven uh, the ability to be able to win in college and it understands what you have to do running a college program, I think that you do that um, first. But it's not like – I mean, if you can get a guy that spent time coaching as a head coach in the NBA, that's never going to be a bad thing. You know, it's obviously that guy's going to be able to coach. It's just the issue right now at Minnesota is not whether or not they have a coach that knows how to um, coach basketball games. It's making sure they can get the right pieces into the program.
Let's rip through the brackets here real quick. Uh, let's start in the West where our local teams are. First, your thoughts about Iowa, their path to stay up to seed and get to an Elite Eight against Gonzaga if they can get to that point. And Drake, not just winning tonight. I love their chances of not just winning and covering tonight, but I think they throttle Wichita this evening. But looking forward, if they get USC in the next round, how they'd match up there? Um, I think the USC matchup would be a little bit difficult um, just because, you know, I, I, I think very, very highly of, um, of, of Evan Mobley uh, and their ability to space the floor could be a little bit problematic. Um, but I, I think that they have a pretty easy path to get to that point. Uh, and, you know, they, you still have to, if you're USC, you still have to get by Kansas. And we don't know exactly who's going to be available for Kansas, mm-hmm. but it's still Kansas, you know. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that one uh, ends up playing. I, I do think Iowa has a good draw against Oregon. You know, I've seen a lot of people saying they think Oregon's going to win. Well, look, you know what? The, the way that you beat Iowa is you have a big guy that can guard Luka one-on-one of the post, so you don't have to put your defense into rotation. And Oregon – absolutely does not have that. They start like five guys that are all 6'6". Six, six. So um, I, I think I, I, I like Iowa's draw to get to the, uh, to get to the second weekend. Um, and you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this much. I, I think everybody on the plane should be rooting for that to happen because if we can get to Evan Mobley, Luka Garza matchup, Oof. that'll be one of the yeah. best individual matchups that we'll get in, all, in, in the entire tournament. No doubt. Rob Doster, a field of 68. Rob, uh, I have Baylor as an early out, likewise Michigan, particularly if Livers is unavailable. So what's the what's, what have you heard on Livers, and are you on board with both Baylor and Michigan uh, not making it as far as their seed says that they should? Well, with Baylor, it all just depends on whether or not you're, you're buying this idea that um, – that their defense is going to come back around. And, you know, I, I talked to Scott Drew on Sunday, and he basically said that uh, they had one day of, like, actual practice from the first time. That, like, the, the first game that they came back until until uh, the end of the Big 12 tournament, they had one actual practice that wasn't, like, shoot-around or, uh, like, a walk-through or preparing for a game or something on the road. Uh, and they were able to get, like, three or four good days of practice in between the end of the Big 12 tournament and the start of the NCAA tournament. And that matters because, like, their biggest issue was just their rotations as well. And the way that Baylor's defense works is, like, they pre-rotate, which means that they force everything baseline. And they get as soon as the ball goes on the floor, they get their help where it needs to be early. And they kind of force your hand and make you and influence you to put the ball where you want it to go. Um, so it's so important for them to be able to rotate and be quick with that and to be all on the same page. And it's like anything. Like, if you don't practice something for 21 days, you're not going to be as good at it as you were before. So... Uh, to me, it's just get in the gym, get some reps up, do some shell drill, make sure that you're you're uh, you're you're good doing what you need to do. And I think they got a really good chance to win. So I'm I'm with you on Michigan, uh, but I I think Baylor makes it to the national title game. I think they'll be back. Illinois, tough top half of the draw. You get Loyola possibly in the second round. Maybe Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham the Sweet Sixteen. My question though is more of that bottom half of the bracket in the Midwest. Three seed West Virginia, very inconsistent. Houston, good defensively, don't know a ton about them outside of Quentin Grimes. Who do you like on the bottom half of the Midwest bracket? Probably West Virginia. Um, I don't really like anyone on that half of the bracket, yeah. to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. That's the half of the bracket where I'm like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to throw a dart here because I don't like any of these teams. I actually think that Houston gets picked off by Rutgers in the second round. Like They just try to play bully ball, and you can't bully ball these high-major teams. So... Um, yeah, that's that's the one part of the bracket where I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I have no idea. I'm just going to guess here. And to be honest, that's probably going to be the one part of the bracket that I actually get right now. 
Uh, Rob Doster. Rob, who's uh, give me an upset in, in uh, that you can see in the first weekend. Uh, Ohio over Virginia. That's the easy one. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I'm going with Villanova over Winthrop, which it, at this point it feels like an upset because everybody yes, and their do. mother is on. Uh, is on Winthrop at this point. I'm on Villanova. Like I, I just, I think they win that game by 15. They have too much talent. Winthrop hasn't actually played anybody this year. Um, the other one that I'll give you is uh, Syracuse over San Diego State. I don't know if an 11 over six still counts as an upset, but I mean, there's a reason why Syracuse has so much success in March, and it's because their zone is so difficult to go up against. You buying Georgetown over Colorado? No, I, I think. I don't want to say Georgetown's a fraud, but let's just say that there was a reason why they were the eighth seed in the Big East tournament. Good stuff, Rob Doster. Appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, enjoy the uh, next three weeks. We had it taken away. It's been 101 weeks, if our math is correct, Rob Doster. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Good to talk Happy to you. time. Indeed it is. Rob Doster. Field of 68. Um, okay. He's got a couple of picks that. Who do you like in the bottom half of that Midwest bracket? I, I, I've come out with like no, in the bottom half. Oh, the bottom half. Uh, Oklahoma, they're on the top half. Yeah, I'm with them on Rutgers getting to the second weekend. Yeah, I, I am. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rutgers, San Diego State in the Sweet 16. Winner gets the winner of Illinois, Oklahoma. Now State. Doster's got Syracuse picking off San Diego and, State and his, and that wouldn't shock me either. Right. And then the quick turnaround for Syracuse, and we know how tough that mm-hmm. is, and all of a sudden it's. Rutgers, Syracuse. Ron Harper Jr. When you think Midwest, you think the State University of New Jersey against Syracuse. <laughs> Wouldn't that be brutal? Could be good for Zubin. Yes, it would. It'd be a happy camper if that's what we got. You ready to get back into... Uh, uh, I think Steve t- Cofield might be joining us coming up right away Oh, okay. Here. Yeah, he just, right. uh, he just sent me a text. Um, a lot of moving parts here this yeah, morning. Yeah, there really are. Again, Steve Cofield uh, does afternoons in Las Vegas. Uh, Matt Humans, we got a couple of the clips from his uh, interview uh, with Cofield yesterday. We'll try and get him on the other side. We do have Vinny Iyer, at least scheduled to join us at 11.25. We'll get into the NFL with Vinny. Trent and I will get into our bracket as well. Uh, look forward to that. I, I just don't think Baylor can crank up their defense, Trent. That's been the story since they've come back from COVID. So is it... Winner of Carolina, Wisconsin, you just think is going to get him that early? Yeah. You do. I do. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if Wisconsin's in the second weekend. See, and Wisconsin, I agree with you. I don't think Carolina's a good matchup mm-hmm. for them, though. I-, I think Baylor's going to be fine if it is Carolina. That's the thing. I love picking the, the second-round upsets, Yeah, but you got to pick the right team to get to that second-round upset. The year that Davidson went on their run, I can't remember offhand who they played in the first round, but I really like them to get to the Elite Eight. I had that right. The team coming out of that game, I just didn't have Davidson being that team. Uh, speaking of Davidson, I'm not sure I can root for Davidson, but I'm going to be. Look at you. <laughs> Your least favorite player in college it basketball. Absolutely is, but I'm... Uh, You're going to have the red pom-poms I out. I will be indeed shaking him. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Steve Cofield might be here. Hope he is. Uh, we've got some sound from his interview with Matt Yeomans yesterday. It is a... Um, a grateful fan base, the running Rebel fan base, very grateful that Iowa State, at least in their mind, is doing them a huge, huge favor. And uh, what was going to cost them a buyout, they're actually getting paid to get their uh, a, a new head coach to run things uh, in Las Vegas. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106. 
and welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 on the AM dial, 106.3 FM. As Trent and I are with you here for the next couple of hours, we'll get into the NFL. In hour number two, our friend Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News. Sporting News had their birthday yesterday, 135. Well, as promised, we're going to head to Las Vegas. Get the get pulse of the UNLV basketball fan base. Steve Cofield has done afternoon drive on the ESPN affiliate in Las Vegas. Very popular program out there. He's been doing it for, oh, it's been about 15 years. Uh, and he had Matt Humans on yesterday, but I want to get his pulse of uh, of the fan base, and he joins us. Steve, good to catch up with you again. Trent Condon is my partner. This is Ken. Uh, good to speak with you. How are you? What's up, guys? How are you? Doing fine. Appreciate you coming on. So, Steve, I want to kind of uh, get to your, from your perspective on the temperature of the fan base. You know, normally when a coach leaves, there's a there's a split. Oh, boy, I wish we could keep him. Is there any way that we can pay him more? We don't want to lose this guy. The program's going to go in the dumpster uh, if he leaves. Our, the, the guy they hire will never be as good as this. But there's a percentage that are glad that uh, you know that he's walking out the door. Um, I don't get the sense that they're, that they're going to miss him in Las Vegas. What's the pulse of your audience? Yeah, I would say it's 50-50. Um, I think a lot of people after two years already gave up on Osselberger, which I think is unfair. Um, he made some mistakes in building his roster, but I think he showed some signs in year one that he can be a pretty good coach, and he is an elite recruiter. Um, so, yeah, half are like, man, you know what? The guy wasn't into it. He wanted to leave for his dream job. He wasn't doing that well. Well, you know, we get a $3 million buyout, so uh, they're happy about that. And then, you know, the, the other 50%, I think, is, is disappointed because, you know, they're trying to build things here at UNLV, and they just can't have someone around consistently for more than – you know, three or four years, and in the past, most of it's been on the UNLV side because they've been dumping coaches like Marvin Menzies and, and Dave Rice before that. And the, the other thing is, uh, every time UNLV goes into one of these coaching searches, it becomes generally a, uh, a prolonged process, which starts to worry people. And then oftentimes it's a disaster. The, uh, the hire of Marvin Menzies, I mean, it, it turned out he was probably like the eighth choice, and they had they flirted with Mick Cronin for a week, they hired Chris Beard. Uh, things got screwed up in the process here with people at the state level, and then Chris Beard bailed on the job after two weeks, and now we've all got to watch Texas Tech excel. So <laughs> yeah. uh, these, these coaching searches have not been fun, and this is a program that, you know, I mean, I think they're a little unrealistic with, you know, thinking the standards should be back to Tark, but, you know, if you go back eight years with Lana Kruger in the beginning of Dave Rice, they made the NCAA tournament six out of seven years. They were landing top 50 recruits on a regular basis, so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of frustration. You know, they look down the pike to San Diego State, and San Diego State's, uh, you know, kind of a mini Gonzaga in terms of winning the league and having a lot of success and getting high seeds in the NCAA tournament. Uh, when did the news break, Steve? We saw it in the uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. The uh, um, it broke, I believe, on Tuesday. When did you first hear rumblings that maybe there would be an opening, a vacancy uh, in the basketball program? Had you heard this for a few weeks, or when did you first get wind that maybe uh, Otzelberger was coming back to Ames? Well, you know, to be honest, I actually when I was looking around about the story, you know, we had we had heard the possibility of Iowa State a while back. And then um, I actually, looking at the web, I saw you guys had a poll question and a discussion about us back around February 15th, and then I made a couple of calls to you know people I know who are a little more inside. Um, and they said, yeah, I mean, there's a real possibility because the Iowa State could, job could open up and, you know, it's TJ's dream job. And then they explained the relationship of DAD and Ots. 
And uh, off we went. So I went on the air on February 15th, and I was like, hey, this is a real possibility. And, you know, in the market, everyone was like, what is this guy talking about? My partner did the same thing. We actually, I think we both made calls, you know, not even knowing the other one was making calls. And he came in, and he's like, yeah, we got to talk about this. And we addressed it for about a week, and then we made references to it over the last, you know, two and three weeks. And we told people, like, you know, you don't have to be babies about it. This is reality. College basketball coaches move. Altsberger has connections, especially with his wife, to Iowa State, and his yep. time on the bench, uh, you know, and we were saying, hey, the, the schools better have a list. They better be they better be reaching out right now for, you know, someone in the future because there's a good possibility here they're going to lose their coach. One of the knocks that you hear, not recruiting, as you mentioned, but, Steve, it's about him as a game day coach, X's and O's. What did you see, X's and O's, why is it left you maybe scratching your head or saying this guy's got a lot to go in the game day operations, if you will? Um, I didn't love the offense he ran. I mean, I think he wants to, to play up-tempo. He wants to shoot a lot of threes. Uh, the roster in both years at UNLV really wasn't made for that. Now, the year two roster was much more his roster, and I think he missed on some recruits uh, badly. Um, so I'm talking about the roster, not X's and O's. I didn't, I didn't see enough in two years to say, hey, he's a good X's and O's guy or a bad X's and O's guy. I know last year his tough love connected with the team. They were not good for the first uh, about 11 or 12 games, and then they had a, a really good final two-thirds of the season. Um, I think his tough love worked in developing Bryce Hamilton, who went from a, a guy who was struggling you know, at four points per game his freshman year, and that, that wasn't Austin's first year, but four points a game his freshman year. He was around like eight, but he wasn't playing a lot of defense for the first 12 games two years ago, and he actually sat him down, and whatever he did flipped the switch, and Bryce Hamilton turned into one of the best players in the Mountain West Conference and averaged like 21 points the rest of the way. Uh, Bryce had a good year this year. He averaged like 18, and he did that through injury. So it worked on certain guys. Um, and last year, the, the last two-thirds, it connected. They played defense. They hustled. They outworked the other team. But, man, it just it never, it never connected this year. And I don't know why it didn't, because uh, a lot of the players were the same players who were on the roster a year ago. But, yeah, actually, the nose. I mean, he wants to play at a – at a high pace, um, he wants to have you know five out at times, or at least four out and one in, and shoot a lot. And he just he didn't have the roster, and they actually played as one of the slowest teams in the country. So it it never really worked in terms of his style and you know and getting his roster together to get his players. Uh, we I listened to your piece yesterday with Matt Humans, who I think a great deal of. Uh, he covered UNLV for a long time. He, of course, now he's at Vista, and he was with you guys for uh, for a period of time. Uh, he's he's it's pretty clear he's not a TJ Otzelberger fan. We're going to play a couple of clips from that. So is he the extreme? Would you say, Steve? Is he? You know, are most people in the middle? But uh, but he's way out there when it comes to TJ and what he thought was a failed couple of years. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought uh, I think he's in the extreme. I don't people look at it as like a failed couple of years. It was it was underwhelming in in year two. And then Matt, you know, Matt made comments about uh, Ots being a you know a, a phony, and um, I don't know if he said he was a bad guy, but he definitely said he was a phony. And um, just you know, I I do the sidelines on radio for yep. UNLV, and I don't know. I thought I thought TJ was a pretty solid guy. He's not he's not a guy who's going to seek out conversation with you. Most of the conversation is going to be off the record and away from the cameras and the microphones, but I, he's a schmoozer. Um, he definitely, I mean, he definitely has a lot of connections. I'll tell you this: one thing that I always notice, um, he is always hustling. That he is on, he is on his phone texting and calling yeah. people uh, every, every day of the season. He's always working to get new players, make connections to the future. So yeah, Matt was a little bit harsh on him, and, and as a 
was it a failure? I don't, I don't know that it was a failure because I think there was a chance if they had retained the whole team and they were really going to have to hit the transfer market, which everyone has to do. If they had hit the transfer market and gotten a couple of impact players, I think they could have been a top four team next year and, you know, off, off we're running here in, uh, in Las Vegas, yeah, but Matt, Matt was a little bit extreme on that one. I hadn't heard that he's a phony or a bad guy. Uh, last thing for you, Steve. Uh, we appreciate you being flexible for us here. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind that T.J. Otzelberger is going to be calling Ames home next year? I mean, I know you guys are already speculating on the next coach. It's silence here for the most part. But in your mind, is T.J. Otzelberger to Iowa State a done deal? But I guess there's 1% that something could come unraveled, but I mean, I, I feel like it's it's over 99%. I was told uh, two days ago, the assistant coaches were told. Um, so I think it's a done deal. I trust my sources. I trust that the, the newspaper locally that reported it has good sources. Matt Norlander jumped on it as well. Yep. I saw Matt had the line about, you know, this deal was done a while ago, and it kind of matches up with everything we heard back in mid-February. So I think he's coming. I mean, you guys tell me. I think it's just an optics play here, yep. and, you know, I think Iowa State at least wants to have the perception that maybe they talked to some other people and they didn't reach out to Ox before the, before uh, Prem was gone and before Ox was done at UNLV. So I, I think it's done. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's exactly what it's about. It's perception. I think Jamie Pollard's trying to make it appear that he did interview a bunch of coaches, but he just couldn't find anybody better than T.J. Otzelberger. And then there was that piece in the uh, about the taxes as well. You know, with the $3 million buyout, if they can do it this way, and the taxes aren't as bad, but if they can't, there's an extra million. I don't understand that part of it, but I think that might have something to do with it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's the the delay in line. I think it's mostly optics. I think it's a a bad look, especially what Norlander said. And Adam Hill, my partner, had heard the same thing, that the deal was done you know, weeks before the end of the season, which uh, that's unfortunate. I don't like that part. Steve Cofield, Steve, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk down the road. Seemingly, these two schools cross paths every few years, and we appreciate being able to reach out. Take care, bud. Good to talk to you. Steve Cofield, afternoon drive on ESPN. Does sidelines for UNLV. Mm-hmm. Um, if this deal's been done for, it's not a good look. This is about optics, Trent. It's it about is. saving face for, for Pollard uh, and for Otts. You know, you know. Well, I don't want to comment on a job, but there's somebody still at that job. You know, that's how coaches are, right? Right. Um, and as quickly, Prom gets fired on Monday. Story breaks on Tuesday afternoon. Mm. And we Pollard, have Pollard comes out with that eight minute video. Yeah, on Monday evening, afternoon, uh, evening, right? Uh, and here we are Thursday, and still not a word. It's optics. He's he's interviewing coaches, but he's not. I know he's not. He's not. It's been a done deal. Right. It's. I will tell you one thing. If I was a Cyclone fan, I would be coming unglued about this. About in what respect? And ultimately, if it ended up being T.J. Otzelberger, okay. But this has been a done deal for a month. Yeah. For T.J. Otzelberger. This is a good job. Yep. This is his dream job. I think the Iowa State job maybe is overstated by some Cyclone fans as... That usually happens inside of a fan base. Mm-hmm. It's a good job. It is. There's it's no question about it. Not a blue mind. blood. It's not even no. a near blue blood. No, but you can have some success. You can. got a very good you can. F- uh, fan base that's going to be behind you. No doubt. They will put 14,000 plus in there when the team is rolling. Mm-hmm. We'll follow you down to Kansas City. We'll buy tickets to get if you get to the tournament and support you. Um, loyal Sons, forever true. It means something. It really does. But it feels like this was a guy. Data complete in the middle of February. Bringing his buddy in. Mm-hmm. 
doing what he wanted to do, even though things have changed over the last six years. Yeah. He wanted to make this hire six years ago. Absolutely. He wasn't allowed to. Fan base is all in, Trent. If they, if, but they're bringing a coach back who's 29 and 30 in his last two years. That's the record you're going to put in front. In the Mountain West. In the Mountain West, right. Not the Big Ten. Right. Not the, the ACC. West. The Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And then let's look at this. To be fair, the Mountain West is a good mid-major it is. towards the top. Fair to say, towards the top of the pecking order in the, mid, in the mid-majors. If they were hiring Greg Lansing, I think there would be an outcry. Yeah. Similar type of record yeah. at Indiana State. Big one. If his name wasn't T.J. Otzelberger, there would be a huge outcry. No He's doubt. twenty-nine and thirty, and twenty and sixteen in conference. And this has been done for a few weeks, maybe a month. Yeah. Uh, the the interview we were, we were referencing, I thought we cut that part out of the of the. It's about I don't know ten minutes. Matt Humans is very opinionated, mm-hmm. and he again he um, will play a couple of his responses. I don't want to play the one that I thought was maybe unfair and damning. Uh, and Cofield alluded to it a little bit in our conversation. But we'll do that to kick off the second hour of the program. It's I, We don't know when it's going to happen. I still think there's something to the fact. Look, look What Pollard is, is he's very good with the pencil and the ledger mm-hmm. sheet. And if he can avoid paying that tax bill of a million dollars. right? And if you want to read that, it's at CBS Sports. And I don't claim to understand it one bit. It was way over my head. Right? We need Mike Hammond to help us out, I think, yes, with this one. You know one. what? Honestly, I thought about doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Matt Norlander wrote about this, and pursuant to the buyout. Uh, let, me, let me read it to you. You can... Maybe you'll understand it. One source told CBS Sport that Iowa State will have to pay approximately $5.5 million to Prome due to firing him, and then could owe UNLV somewhere between 4 and $4.5 million. For Otzelberger's buyout. On paper, the buyout number is just north of $3 million. The hefty million-dollar-plus difference, here's the key part, depends upon whether Iowa State, whether or not Iowa State, can treat the buyout as a, bo- as a business expense, parentheses, no tax fees would kick in, or if the transaction gets attached to taxable income, which puts it in the $4 million neighborhood. So if they can treat it, the buyout, as a business expense, business expense, there's no tax fees. I don't know if that's Iowa tax fees, right. if it's Nevada, Nevada tax fees, yeah. I don't know. But therein lies the difference of a million dollars. So is that the reason for the delay? Are they trying to make it look like... We're doing our due diligence. We're finding the best guy. I think that's what it is. I think maybe. And this fan base is too smart for that. Some. Some will do as they, whatever Jamie Pollard does that's yes. good for them. And we hear from about that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has done very little to, um, to to lead them any other direction. He's made a bad, couple of bad hires. Yeah. I mean, he swung at Gene Chizik. He had to. Gene Chizik was a big name. Now, you could. Paul Rhodes? Not bad hire. I kept him too long. McDermott, bad hire. Wanted to extend them. Kevin Jackson, don't know enough about it, so I won't. Uh, I it was won't. a disaster. Yeah, I'm not a wrestling guy. I'm so. watching wrestling right now. By the way, are you? Yes, first round underway. This is my favorite part, maybe, of the NCAA basketball tournament. Moving back a day is that the wrestling tournament finally gets a day to itself, if you will. Gets a day where instead of at eleven o'clock, where everybody's flipping over and watching the first games of the big dance. If you're a sports fan. Hey, here's something, something a little different. I still say move this thing back a month. 
I think it would grow move, immensely. Move wrestling. Yes. Yes, yes I agree with weekend you. Weekend after yeah. the Masters. Yeah. Put it there. There's nothing going on that weekend. Baseball. Well, well game 12 of the baseball season. <laughs> right. We got 150 more to go. Well, we'll talk about it when we come back on Monday. Uh, Miller and Condon will finish the hour. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 010C, where good things come together. Miller and Condon, 1460KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. So we have action starting at what time? 4 o'clock is the first game that I see? Yeah, 410. And then uh, the dogs with their head coach's new eight-year deal firmly in play. That's huge news for them. Honest to God, when the story... How about the way... Did you see how Harden teased it a little mm. bit? He sent out... He tweeted out the signature page with that... What are those things called? Not GIFs. Got him old. JPEG? Mate, I don't know. You PDF? Could, I don't know what it is. But those two eyeballs looking down. Oh, yeah, yeah. The emoji. Emoji! That's what it is. Um, stay tuned, kind uh, of. Okay. And then the next, within the next hour, it became public knowledge. Good for them. Hour two coming up. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.